Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. on twitter at pat benson jr giving you your atlanta hawks news unfiltered and straight to the point no clip bait chases it's my man pat benson what's up Pat? hey man i love the intro thank you so much for having me i can't believe i'm finally on the show so i, I appreciate it and uh i'm a fan of what you do and i'm just happy to be here hey brother good to have you as well brother well atlanta hawks man are on a win, hey, hey the, the Hawks been winning at home, of course, but last game against the Knicks, bogey, Badanovich goes down, Cam Reddish goes down with a mm-hmm. wrist injury, and Hunter's already out. So all of that wing depth that the Hawks had now, Pat, is kind of getting ran through right now, brother. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's not exactly the ideal start to the season in terms of the, the health of the team and you know, we came into the season with such high expectations, and we're, right now we're one game above 500. And uh, you know, like you said, three key players are out. Four, if you uh, count um, Okongwu. So, um, not the ideal start, but it's a long season. No doubt, man. And you know what's crazy about it is that now Kevin Herter moves up in the rotation now. Now, now we probably see more of Solomon Hill now and TLC. Uh, so now. Schlink keeping TLC of Oakland for now is paying off dividends now already. Makes sense. Like, I was so goofy. I posted this article like the day near the end of training camp. And I said the final spot officially belongs to Okafor. You know, you look and we just had way too many wings. There's just no playing time for TLC. And the next day, Okafor got cut. And uh, that I was like, well, that made me look like a knucklehead, but uh, it, Travis Schlank, he knew what he was doing. Um, you know, you need those players who are ultra flexible, guard multiple positions, and uh, TLC is a consummate professional veteran. So he knew what he was doing. That was definitely the right call, and we need that wing depth now. You know, um, some of the early reports are pretty encouraging for Bogey and, and Cam Reddish, but the next couple of weeks will be tough. Yes, especially with a trip to Indiana. Um, seeing LP again, assistant coach Rick Carlisle now. Also, Philadelphia, you don't know what you would get from them uh, on Friday night. Then Charlotte, mm-hmm. tough team. You know, played the Hawks very well on the 20th there, say from Marina there. So then Minnesota, then Brooklyn on the 10th. So the schedule helps to a degree, Pat, because their off day is built in. It gives them time to rest and recover. Same time, trying to re- reintegrate guys back into the rotation when while we was all had a glut to begin with mm-hmm. guys wanting to play and then they're not playing anymore could cause some confusion for a few games there 
Yeah, I, I don't know how smooth the transition will be. You know, TLC went from several DNP coaches' decisions, and now he's playing close to 13 minutes per game. You know, Solomon Hill, he's getting more playing time. They just called up Skylar Mays from the College Park Skyhawks. So I don't know how smooth the transition will be. There might be some rust on some of these guys because they've been, you know, riding the pond for a while. But, uh, uh, you know, like I said, they're professionals. I really am confident that they'll figure it out. We just got to tread water right now during this these next few weeks. Like you said, um, l- luckily we have some home games coming up. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I'm interested to see how the coaching staff is, like you said, able to integrate these players into the rotation. And it'll be it'll be exciting, no doubt about it. I need something to see more out of JC being a playmaker now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd like to see more sets ran for him and uh, his usage rate increase because uh, every time he touches the ball, something good happens. Either he scores or he finds the right man and he either gets an assist or gets it to where it needs to be. And uh, I'd like to see more of the offense run through Collins. I agree with that. I don't know why he doesn't get uh, more touches. Because I listen to Nate talk and Trey talk about how they don't run plays for J.C., which Mm -hmm. they should. (laughs) You know, you're paying him 125 now for five years. Yeah, and they're always bragging on him. Like, uh, you know, you hear in the post-game press conferences, they're always bragging on him. And uh, we just got to show him some love, get the ball in his hands a little bit more. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think, it, you know, anything's going to go wrong with it. I trust him. I think he he's really good at making the right reads and making the right moves. And he's improved so much year after year. Yeah, I think it's time to feed him. And like you said, we just signed him to a – to a massive new contract. So it's time to put the ball in his hands right now and help um, hopefully, you know, um, make up for some of that lost production, which we have. Yes. And you know what? I I still see Pat, this is me. This is the GM in me and the front office guy in me. Like we got to pay down 300 for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and my, my question is now Cam Reddish. Mm -hmm. I know he wants to do more than what he's doing. And he wants yeah. he's a, and do you pay a guy to be an off the contributor who you know wants to be a starter and can feel like he can do more? So I don't I know fans don't like when I say this say this Pat, but I think Cam Reddish will be traded eventually because you can't pay everybody, and yeah. we've already gave JC a, a, a great deal for him. Trades on a max deal now. Gallo's only guaranteed five billion dollars next year. True. That does help. Um, Bogey is signed up for two more years, but one's a player option. So you could, and also, Anyeko Kawani needs to be paid eventually. So this is just the yeah. GM, like, looking down the road, thinking about, hey, we got all these guys now, try to strike this year while you got all this talent, because the cap is the cap. Exactly I, don't see, right. I don't see Tony Wrestler being in, in the tax forever for a team that's not winning the title. No, that's a really good point. Things are about to get really tight financially in the next couple of years. And um, I hope I hope Cam isn't the one that's traded. I hope none of these guys are traded. I love them. But, you know, Danilo uh, Gallinari, his contract's going to look really good. That's going to be – he's going to be getting – the Hawks will be getting a lot of phone calls uh, come February or March asking about Gallo. 
And um, he's going to be a really good trade piece if that is the route they want to go. Like you said, um, ho- hopefully they're able to make it work with both DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. But uh, people are already, you know, trying to speculate as to, you know, which one we keep, which one we let go. And, you know, Cam might want a bigger role. You know, he's a starter. You know, he's a number two, number three options on most teams. But, you know, he's coming off the bench for us. And he may want a bigger role. I don't know. Yeah, man. So I just I just worry about that with him because I know you know he thinks he's a good he's a player to be starting. You know, and you know what? I want to see more Sharif Cooper being Trey Young's backup. Yeah. With respect to Lou Will and Delon Wright, y'all y'all on here for one one more year. <laughs> you know. So I want to see more of my man Sharif Cooper from Auburn uh, come up from the Skyhawks and play more behind Trey Young. I think him and Trey Young have similar skill sets, right? Mm-hmm. Shreve's getting better defensively as well. So I feel like Shreve Cooper's pace and pushing the ball, his just sheer dog in him, his grind in him could be great for Trey. Back to get Trey Young more rest. He doesn't burn out the fourth quarter of games. He gets tired. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shreve looks so good during the preseason. I mean, and Coach McMillan bragged on him after each game. And we just haven't seen much of uh, Sharif or Jalen Johnson so far this season. And uh, now would be the opportunity uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more out of both of them here over the next couple of weeks due to all these injuries. But I, I don't know. You know, I guess um, either Coach McMillan feels they're not ready or maybe he's one of these more old school coaches who says, you know, you'll get your time eventually. It's when now we got to go with the veterans. And, uh, you know, he's in their practice. He and his coaching staff are in their practice every day. I'm sure if they thought Sharif gave him the best option, they would go with it. So, uh, he'll definitely get his time, but I don't know how much he's going to get this year. No doubt. You know what, man? Uh, Coach Millen's done a change. I remember he was with Seattle, mm-hmm. Portland, Indiana. This one offense he was running. <laughs> so, so let's talk about how Coach Millen has, has reinvented himself in his fourth time to be head coach because some coaches don't know don't ever change. Like, let's be honest. Tom Thibodeau, who the, the Knicks put for the Knicks, they run what they run. The mm-hmm. Bucks, we have Bud in Atlanta. Bud runs what Bud runs. Yeah. And yeah. Doc Rivers runs what – it's just the system. They don't make adjustments. But mm-hmm. see, Coach McMillan actually, you know, changed what he's been in his previous stops. We're here at the Hawks, man. It's been amazing to see how a guy can can look at himself, self-scout himself and say, hey, let, let, me, let me be better going forward. You know, that, that is a great quality. You know, a lot of coaches do get st- stuck in their way. Everybody in every profession gets stuck in their ways. And that's really cool to see a coach, you know, be open to uh, self-reflection or, you know, or whatever. You know, his last stop at Indiana, you know, was crazy. I was just working on the preview for the Pacers game on Wednesday and I was doing some research. I forgot that they extended his contract in August and then uh, two weeks later they fired him because of a, you know, a bad playoff series in the bubble. And um, maybe he had some time to do some reflection. And, you know, he he served as an assistant coach under LP for a little while. But, yeah, like you said, he's open to change. And uh, you got to love that. And that's why he's been in the league so long. And he's so well-respected. And watching the warm-ups out, we have Nick Vanessa on staff, his son Jamil on staff with, uh, you know, also out there with uh, Chris Jen, who's been around forever. Right. Remember, he was the interim coach of the Orlando Magic at one time. <laughs> Chris Jen. So I remember that. Throwback. Back in that day, he was the coach of the Magic for a few games. The year that uh, Penny, uh, not Penny Hardaway, no, but Tracy McGrady got injured. Mm-hmm. And McGrady 
was like, I'm out of here, but they made Jenth interim head coach. So Man, I, like, I completely forgot that. I, that just burned my mind. That, that is a throwback. Oh, yeah. So, man, see, he has been around a while. Yeah. So, watching him pregame work with the guys, man, his guys, he works with like Cam Reddish and those guys, mm-hmm. how he's, how he just really attentive with the guys. He, he gives the guys really good feedback pregame. So, so fans, if you get this coming to pregame and watch the, the coaches out there with the guys before the game, you'll see what I'm talking about, how these guys really help these assistant coaches, really help these young men. Having a Van Excellent staff, which helped Trey Young and Skyler Amazing, these guards, and Chris Jens played Ohio State all those years ago, man. So, it's going to tell Nate has pretty, pretty darn good, darn good if you ask me. Yeah, no doubt. We're in a good position to succeed. Front office, coaching staff, roster. I definitely feel good about it. And like you said, those those pregame warmups are always so telling. You know, you can read the body language of the players and see how they're reacting. And uh, it seems like it's always positive. And um, they're always. Uh, uh, open to coaching and receptive and you know you you listen with your eyes and these players look at the coaches and eyes when they're listening to them and uh you know it, it leaves you with a good feeling about this team most definitely man because you know i've i've seen the hawks good bad and ugly of the atlanta hawks yeah so so, so seeing the hawks be good again <laughs> is a, is is very uh refreshing because i remember days pre-mike woodson no, I oh. love Lon Kruger, Terry Stotts, those guys, but it was rough. Yeah, man, those were rough. I thought you were just talking about like the Chandler Parsons era, but no, you're going way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm old school Hawks. I, I, I was at the Omni, man, when oh, I was up, no. up on the Bulls 2 1 and Jordan took, took right, right, right away from the Hawks. Oh, man. <laughs> when Marv Albert and NBC was at, when they basically played the games back to back, to back three and four, back yeah. to back. I remember that when <laughs> I was younger. Yeah, the Omni. Man, that yeah, that was a painful series. So you have been through it. So I'll be honest, I'm a Lakers fan. You know, I got the, the Dodgers hat on right now. So for me, rough spells like two seasons and then some superstar will move in and bail us out. And we're good. But man, Hawks fans, I've been through it. I remember going to games in the Georgia Dome. That was building safe for Marina. Oh, wow. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Games at Georgia Tech and the Georgia, Georgia Dome. Now, when the Bulls, like during the last dance, the Bulls came in, they played that one. Was that in the Georgia Dome? Yes, Georgia Dome, yes. Yeah, the, the bigger name teams were Georgia Dome. Man. Normal, the, the, just the random Sacramento Kings, yeah. Georgia Tech. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, they they never do that nowadays. Nah. See, now the thing is, we'll retrofit the arena during the offseason now. Yeah. Rather than tear it down and mm-hmm. displace you for however many years, then once we'll do it in the off we'll do it all off season while we so it's not T doesn't miss any gotta be out of the arena for the whole year. So but, yeah. There are smarter ways to do it, and there's smarter ways to do it. And now that they've recently fixed up um State Farmer they did that renovation a couple of years ago, we're gonna be there for you know the foreseeable future. Yes, yes indeed. Yeah, because I remember the old Omni. I remember last game mm-hmm. I was at Alan I was the last game there. Really? 97, I remember. Oh, man. Do I want to know who won? They did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Hawks won, won that you... game. The Hawks won because the Hawks were good back then, remember? They was at yeah, Mutombo, yeah, yeah. Blaylock, Steve Smith, Leitner, Lenny Wilkins. That was, that was good then. Yeah. It was like it was that post-Mutombo era that was kind of tough until you got to the Mike Woodson era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then Larry Drew to yeah. Bud. 
then the tanking to LP to now. So yeah. <laughs> my you, Hawks, like you said, so you my Hawks is some goals from Lenny Wilkins to now. <laughs> Dang, yeah. So as my as my fandom as a Laker, it goes from Kobe and Shaq through L, LBJ and AD with the tiny little Nick Young swaggy P era for a couple of years that was rough and you know a little uh I guess you know the Smush Parker era was tough but I don't know I'm spoiled as a sports fan. Yes I remember my old so I'm, I'm loving the, the city of Dixon Jersey because it takes me back to my childhood with the yeah. old school the the, the, the flying the, the full hawk on the jersey when I play NBA Live 97 and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my sake of Genesis see yes yes kids Sega Genesis was a real thing back in the, in my young in my youth. It was a real thing. It, the, it really the Game was. Boy was a real thing back then. Yeah, and I, I thought it was bold that they went with that yellow too, because before this, you know, I thought it was one of those the ugliest jerseys of all time. That Atlanta, you know, alternate yellow jersey. I forget what years, like maybe 06, 07. You you would know better than I was. Uh, you know, when they had the alternate yellow with the red Atlanta uh, over the over the top. Uh, I forget what year it was, but for them to bring back the yellow for this year's City Edition, that, that was a bold choice and looks good, I think. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you know, the Hawks have some jerseys now. You know, my favorite jerseys are the old schools when I was younger. Of course, I'm kind of biased to those jerseys. It's really, my favorite was the, the Dominique one with the, mm -hmm. the, the, the Hawk yeah. kind of slanted across. That's my favorite one, of course. Classic, classic. Then this the, mm -hmm. the, the Matumbo Hawks jersey. Okay. You know, I wasn't a fan oh. of that whole electric boat, whatever that crap was we had. You didn't like that? No. Oh, I, man. I wasn't a fan of the of, of that version of the Hawks jerseys. No, I was not a fan of that. Now, the Peace Tradition was good. MLK Edition yeah. was good. The 404s yeah. are good. Yeah. But, and you know, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the Al Horford jerseys, but. Me neither. They I remind me of when the Hawks got back to being decent again. Mm. True, true. So, yeah, you have that. But, yeah, I don't like the Navy. I feel like the Hawks need to be red and black, not red and Navy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, wasn't a fan of, I, I wasn't a fan of it either. As I said, my favorites were the, like I said, is I'm, these are growing on me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a fan of them at first, I, but they're growing on me. Mm -hmm. But they can't beat my favorites from when I was a kid. <laughs> no, nothing's as cool as when you're a kid. Like, that's whether it's the music or the TV shows or whatever. Like, that's always going to be prime. Uh, but what, what about, like, the throwback powder blues? I think it was for St. Louis. Yes. And then Lou Hudson, the, marriage you, days. You're, you're right. You're, and then there's, like, the blue and green, Pistol Pete. Yes. Uh, you know, the, um, but, yeah. Those are cool to me, but I don't. I guess I identify with what I was first. The Dominiques and the, I call the Dominique and John Concax and, and, and the Czar. Yeah. And Hubie Brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was kind of, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. But no, I actually, I like the, the bolt yellow. I like, and like the little triangles. I always thought that was cool. And I really liked it when they wore the mismatched color. It was like red, yes, bottom, that, or black. That made it a little bit, that made it better. You know what I like? Was the ATL? I like the ATL. Cool. The ATL one was that's why I could do the best with ATL because I'll have the ATL hat of that of that yeah. of that set. But just the whole I remember doing a playoff run, the arena had all them shirts, and I'm like, oh my god, this is highlighter <laughs> in my blinding me. Yeah, yeah, they had those uh, bolt or high energy nights or. Yes, I forgot what it was, but yeah, no, I like Dennis Schroeder. Those are fun times. Yeah, and I remember those post game concerts with two chains and yeah. 
we see when you get good, those things go away. <laughs> yeah, you don't really need them as much anymore. Yeah, but I do miss them. Uh, I miss those free concerts post game and halftime. Sure. Those were two- good. Let's go back to them, please. <laughs> Sure. Wasn't the Two Chains uh, concert? Wasn't that like super awkward, or am I imagining that? Like, well, it was like kind of like wasn't well attended and it's quiet. Um, well, I was on the floor. I was inviting the music, bro. I was like, so you was, were doing your thing. I was on the floor. I was <laughs> in every song. It was been good drink. Good drink was his main. He was good drink, and that's a vibe. I remember him doing those songs. I'm different. And Steve Holman and Two Chains are friends. Really? What an odd friendship. Like Steve Holman and two chains of friends. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. Steve's a cool guy, though. You know, I get it. Yes. That's the odd couple that two chains, Steve Cole Holman are friends. <laughs> Dang, that's funny. Uh, I, love, I love Steve. He's cool. And uh, obviously, Dominique's cool. But Bob Rathbun, he cracks me up. He's the funniest guy in the world. <laughs> Yes, he is. How you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, man. He's funny in person. He's funny on TV. Like, you got to be on your toes around him. He's He's cracks me up. Hey, Pat, how about how about the side there, Pat? They got her done. <laughs> he always, yeah, does, he always does that there with his hand. You got her done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He's, he's a... He's, he is somebody who needs to get like the chick Hearn treatment and get his jersey up in the rafters. Like I know he doesn't have a number, but he needs the microphone like Chick Hearn up in the rafters. We no need doubt. to give him his flowers. No doubt, yeah. Bob is a cool guy. He's, the house is rare that the broadcast mm-hmm. team doesn't change. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, yeah, NBA yeah, team right. changes like it changes. I was listening to some old, or I saw some something on Twitter. It's an old video from like twenty five. I think like 25 years ago or so, and you could still hear Dominique, you know, calling the game. It was funny. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Man, well, Pat, man, I'm going to chat up with you, brother. I, I know you're rocking your LA-ism, man. I get you, bro, but the Braves <laughs> won, brother. The Braves <laughs> won. Dave Roberts can get it done for you, brother. Uh, hey, man, I just got to tip my hat, man. The Braves were amazing <laughs> this year. Our payroll was much bigger, and uh, – you know, y'all did steal Jock Peters. I mean, I know Jock Peterson made a quick pit stop. I think it was in Chicago. But may- maybe if we had Jocktober this year, maybe things would be different. But I can't cry. The Braves were the better team, and they were super likable. And, uh, you know, I got nothing but respect for the Braves. How about them bullpen game day, Robert? All them bullpen game day, Roberts. I mean, all that analytics crap is not working for you, brother. That's, that's, I agree. Just play the game of baseball. The, the Rays, too. All that yeah. analytics stuff is annoying. I agree, man. Don't get, don't try to get too cute. Don't try to get too cute. Just throw out your picture and, you know, don't worry so much about the numbers, you know, trust your gut. Exactly. I remember watching Bobby Cox on TBS, people, the yep. Superstation. Yep. <laughs> TBS, the Fresh Prince, the Fresh Prince Pat, the 735, the Braves game, the Fresh Prince oh, goes off. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I love TBS and, um, you know, um, I don't know. I don't remember the powder blue. I don't remember powder blue uh, Dale Murphy Braves, but the Chipper Jones, Greg Max, John, you know, John Smoltz, those are my guys. So yes. I, I got nothing but respect for the Braves. They're not my favorite team, but I got respect for them. I hear that, well, brother. We'll have a show again real soon when I'll see you at the arena, my guy. Be safe, yeah. brother. Be safe, brother. Be, up. be safe, brother. I'll see you soon, man. Yeah, man. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Thanks, brother. You too, man. Oh, you too. See you. All right.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.